is going on, Nerd Nation? Welcome to Nerdy for 30, podcast where we talk about, I'm trying it out, what do you think? I don't know. Let's see what Nerd Nation oh, thinks. Boy, yeah. Sound <laughs> off in the comments. Hey, anyway, this is Nerdy for Thirty, the podcast where we talk about nerdyish movies for thirty-ish minutes. My name is Kevin Bauer, aka the Critics' Choice. With me, as always, the People's Champ, Mr. Tim Keck. Today, mm-hmm. we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, the final James Gunn movie with Marvel, as he rides off into the DCEU sunset. And maybe the last time we ever see the Guardians. Tim, what did you think of the finale of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise? I loved it. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. It's the best thing Marvel's done since Spider-Man. I I was there for every minute of it. I wanted a, like a like a send-off and a fun time with this group of characters that I really liked. I think James Gunn is arguably one of the most competent directors out there working today he just i felt safe immediately i knew i was going to be taken care of i knew my time wasn't going to be completely wasted i knew that scenes were going to have purpose and characters were going to do things and it was going to be fun and i don't know it, it just it, it hit the bar on rewatch i'm sure there's going to be some things i'd fast forward through but in the theater on the day I loved it. As soon as we walked out, honestly, I could have turned around, gone back in and watched it again. I'm, wow. I I really liked it a lot. I love the Guardians. The, I thought this was a fantastic send off to this iteration of the Guardians. That's incredible. So I want to I want to ask you two immediate follow up questions. Number one, you said this is the best thing they've done since Spider-Man. Do you mean since No Way Home or Far From Home? Because Far From Home is the first post in-game Marvel movie. What's the one well, the last one they did with like Toby Maguire? Okay, cool. So I just yeah. I was curious it's where like this stacked up against Shang-Chi for you. Oh, it's better than Shang-Chi for sure. Better than Shang-Chi. Definitely better than Shang-Chi. But I think that's a little unfair because Shang-Chi is like an intro to a character. And this is a finale. This is like an Avengers movie almost. It's a and I'm a sucker for uh, team ups. I just I like the team. I don't want to read Thor. I want to read the Avengers. I don't want to read Wolverine. I want to read the X-Men. I like when the sum of the parts are greater than the whole. And the Guardians are a great example of that. And some of the fight scenes in this, my God. I mean, they showed so much teamwork. I I was, you know, watching something the other day where they were talking about teamwork. And it's like, these are this is a bunch of renegades who are off doing their own thing but ultimately love each other and know each other so well that they're able to complete each other in these epic fights and predict what the other people are doing and we've watched them come from a ragtag group of you know misfits into a like a true family unit that i think is great and they all had nice little arcs they were a little corny for some of them but i thought it was good i thought it was great we've seen the group evolve too over three movies Things have changed. And I love this when Marvel does this right is like the Captain America in Winter Soldier is not the same Captain America we saw in in first Avenger. Right. Like these Guardians are not the same people we saw in Guardians 2. Like the characters have completely changed. They've transformed a lot. They've grown a ton. And in this, it seems like there's they've reached a pinnacle of what their characters are. They're all badasses again. They're all kick, capable of kicking ass and they all have intricate relationships that I, I enjoy. I think it's great. I think this is a, a, was an awesome movie. 
What's your next question, Kevin? I could I could tell you don't like the I, I want to get your take, but I'm I'm ready to shoot down any negativity that you throw my way for this. You're on DEFCON one from whatever I say after this question. <laughs> my second question for you is where do you rank this of the three Guardians of the Galaxy movies? Maybe the best one. Interesting. Maybe the best one. Time will tell. But the peaks of this one are as good as the peaks of the other ones, I think. But maybe I'm wrong. But I mean, some of this stuff was like the best, coolest stuff they've done. And then the worst parts of it. I mean, this this is a much longer movie. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. if we're talking about rewatching, I'd love a two hour version of this that I could just crush once a year. You know, and I'm yeah. sure I'm going to be fast forwarding through some of Rocket's backstory. Honestly, I don't even know if I need it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, right now, fresh in my mind, I got to say it's number one. It's the best one. It's the best one. I loved it. I even thought two was better than one. I think I just I think they keep building. I think I'm the target demographic for this, too, because I just want them to change and grow and do better. And I love a sequel. I love Age of Ultron. I love all the Avengers movies better than any of the solo movies. I just I dig it. I this is this is exactly what I wanted. And I'm happy with it. Next question, Kev. Hey, that's that's (laughs) all the questions I had. I just had two follow ons. My question. What did you think of it, Kevin? Ready to poo poo on this? You ready to shit on our good time? I thought it was okay. Yeah. I thought it was an all right time. I echo your sentiment that I would have loved a two hour version of this movie. We got too much of the rocket backstory. We got it. We got it fast. We had too many threads that were going on. And I sensed that some of that was things that James Gunn was assigned to do in the movie. Mm -hmm. So he was asked us on an interview where somebody asked him what the hardest thing was to work with. Basically, what did Marvel force you to put into this movie that you didn't necessarily want to put in this movie? And his answer was immediately Adam Warlock. Like before the interviewer was mm. even done asking what the hardest piece of the puzzle was to fit in. He was like Adam Warlock. It was so hard to fit him in. We worked really hard to figure out how to put him in there. Because he had set him up with the end credits tag from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That movie also had, I think, either seven or nine end credits tags. That movie had a fuckload of end credit tags. And I think it's perfectly fine to set that up as the kind of thing that could pay off way down the road. Or maybe we never see it pay off. It's different from the Eros tag with Harry Styles and the Hercules tag with Brett Goldstein because those both have actors attached that age and get older, whereas the Adam Warlock one was just this egg. So that egg can stay an egg forever and we'll come Mm. back to it whenever. Um, He also had to deal with Gamora and all the events of Infinity War and Endgame with Gamora. They really did not feel like they fit in this movie at all. Completely at all. I think the most compelling that this movie got for me was when Star-Lord was refusing to accept that Rocket was dying on the table in front of him. And he has that really quick monologue about how he refuses to lose somebody else important in his life because of all of the Mm -hmm. loss that he's experienced. Very similar to the Thor lost conversation in Infinity War. And I think the movie is stronger 
if he's not saying that to a version of Gamora that's there that he's having trouble grappling with, I think it's a lot stronger if the Gamora part of the equation isn't even in there. I think this movie is stronger if Gamora never came back in Endgame. And I love Gamora. I've got a Gamora mm-hmm. action figure right here. Like, it's she's great. Incredible character. I feel like they did her dirty in a way by having her in this movie at all. Um, yeah. I get it. I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I don't I definitely don't think this is a perfect movie from my enjoyment level of this was incredibly high. Yeah, I do recognize there were these flaws in it. So like these character moments, they did a little bit too much of like explaining how Drax feels now. Right. Yeah. Like Nebula, you always <laughs> yell at people. There's a, there was a lot of labeling in it that mm-hmm. I don't personally feel like i needed i don't know if i needed chris pratt monologuing to gamora i i love that idea actually adam warlock gamora huge like gaps in the movie that i think worked well but honestly you saying that they were forced on on james gunn also makes complete sense i mean if gamora Mm -hmm. was dead i think star lord's arc would be the same yeah um, I guess my only th- thought with the Gamora thing specifically is I like that they didn't necessarily fridge her, right? Because yeah. if she dies, then this whole arc is him getting over the loss of the love of his life is dead, right? And this is a much more complicated and I think compelling story that the love of his life is alive but in a completely different trajectory. And at the end of the movie, when she goes and reunites with the Ravengers, her smile in that scene, I thought was so powerful and beautiful that like, this is not the same person kind of the whole time. You're like, she's going to rejoin the crew. They have to end up together. There's a part of me that thinks these people have to end up together. He's the protagonist. He's the hero. She's the heroist, heroist or heroine. They're, they're both heroes and they're going to end up together. They're going to smooch again because that's what I like. And no, she's she's found other people to smooch and hang out with and give hugs to you and smile at. And it's not she's not the same person. Yeah. And they showed they have chemistry and they showed that it could happen. But, you know, a different time, a different place. And that's not where they are anymore. And I thought that was great. And the idea of him letting go of her was also great. The fact that he was over by the end of the movie, I think that's a more interesting arc than him mourning her loss and then ultimately moving on. I mean, we've seen that before. We just saw that in Black Panther. We've seen that in, I mean, pretty much everything since Endgame, right? People mourning the loss of Iron Man getting over him, mourning the loss of Captain America getting over him. And this is at least, or Black Widow as well, this is at least a slightly different take on it. And we get a happy ending for Gamora. Uh, although it might not be the one that we initially wanted, but you're right. She's not, she's not a guardians of the galaxy at this point. I understand though, the idea of wanting her there because she is a big part of the guardians of the galaxy. And if this is the final movie, and I keep thinking about this too, that this is the last James Gunn Marvel project we're going to get. This is the last guardians of the galaxy project we're going to get. And I appreciate that. Everyone who's been involved is in this kicking ass. They all get moments to shine and do stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't hate the Gamora thing, even though I, I totally get where you're coming from with that. Adam Warlock. I mean, 
who gives a fuck? It's cool. The the scenes of him flying were insane. Yeah. Super cool. Absolutely insane. I liked the character. I, I don't think yeah. the way they used him in this movie necessarily worked. I don't think he fit the narrative fucking at all, but I don't hate the character by any means. They definitely could have incorporated him better, but also who cares about this guy? We're, we're reaching a finale with these characters that we've known for a decade, right? Why? Yeah. Why? Who cares about Adam Warlock? It's cool. He's here, but this does feel like Black Panther in uh, Civil War where you're like, oh, so this will lead to something else. We're going to get another. We're going to get a, a more fleshed out version of this. But I don't know. Do you think we're going to get another Guardians? Do you think we're going to get a rocket led Guardians or something like what's the next thing that Adam Warlock can be in? I think something Eternals adjacent makes sense. I think yeah. we'll see the Guardians again for sure. I think we'll probably get some form of the there was a cosmic comic event called Annihilation. I think we'll probably see some form of Annihilation, especially because that was led with this character called Annihilus. That's like a classic Fantastic Four villain. And the fact that they're bringing the Fantastic Four, I think that's probably uh, probably where we're heading. I don't think that'll be a standalone movie for the Guardians, though. I think this is probably it for Guardians standalone movies. I think they're ready to move on to other franchises. I mean, my God, the amount of road building they've done with the post credit scenes over the course of phase four. It's insane. Some of this stuff we might never see paid off. And I mean that in terms of the things that have actors attached to them, not just like an Adam Warlock egg. But I do wonder the extent to which there were maybe supposed to be more Guardians movies in the world where James Gunn mm-hmm. never got fired in the first place, never did the Suicide Squad. And this movie came out in the year 2019. Like yes. this was supposed to be one of the first things that came out after Endgame. And so I wonder if that timing meant that it was supposed to be either a lot more directly Gamora focused or if it was just how how all that plays in it's so weird i I remember hearing that um james gunn didn't have control over the story points with how the guardians were used in infinity war and endgame and he has famously come out against the way star lord acts in infinity war the fact that they use star lord as that character and even went so far as to write all of the dialogue for the guardians in those movies so marcus and mcfeely wrote the story and the scenes where the characters would say things, but in terms of what the characters actually said, James Gunn wrote all of their dialogue. And I remember uh, Zoe Saldana said at one point that she was like on the phone with him, making sure that it was something that Gamora would say, or maybe it was Palm Clementif. It was one of the actors. So James Gunn definitely had like a strong guiding hand for the guardians, but I wonder if Gamora dying was put on him. I wonder if that was not necessarily it, something it definitely he definitely was. Do. You think? I think it definitely was. The Star-Lord thing, that that was the one I heard him talking about where he he had no control over that, wouldn't have done it. it it's crazy. I mean, they reference it in this movie. There's like an offhand like, "Yeah, I almost uh, lost my cool and destroyed the universe." <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just like a no, it's a footnote in this thing. But if it comes out immediately after Endgame, that's a whole movie where the, the plot can be finding Gamora and having to def- having to defeat Adam Warlock in the process. Yeah. Instantly. Great. 
But because that was one of my things, man, is that this this feels like it was another Guardians of the Galaxy movie that had the finale aspect of it tacked onto the front in the end. Like it felt like a third movie in your franchise. It didn't necessarily feel like it had to be a finale to me. So the fact that it was felt a little bit shoehorned. I wonder if there was meant to be more. Huh? I was going to say the inverse, I think. That this really? feels like a finale where they shoehorned in a third, like the third movie. It seems kind of rushed. I think it's it's just a it's a great Marvel. What if it is the Marvel? What if is this should have been Guardians Four probably right? Yeah, the Guardians Four send off would have been amazing, and instead, hopefully, we're going to get an amazing DC universe. <laughs> like this could. This could generate a shit ton more movies for us. Do you think we might I might have we might have talked about this in the pod before, but do you think people are tired of Marvel or do you think people are tired of superheroes or do you think they're not tired of any of them? I think people are tired of lame ass phase four Marvel. I think people are tired of overexposure and under delivery. Yeah. What if they delivered for us? It's been decent stuff. Shang-Chi was phenomenal. No Way Home was phenomenal. There were I really aspects like this movie. I think this movie clears the bar for me as something that is like a must see. This movie clears At least for the, the emotion. Bar. This movie definitely clears the bar. I but this am is also salty. just cashing in on a previous property. Spider-Man, True. they're cashing in their chips. Right? Shang-Chi is the only one where they're even generating a new idea that's worthwhile, right? The Eternals, who gives a fuck? What's his face isn't even going to be in Jon Snow isn't even going to be in Blade anymore, right? Yeah, I so, heard he was one of the big cuts. Yeah. See, Eternals uh, is just a complete <laughs> waste of time that we're never going to visit again. <laughs> and and then Ant-Man, where in theory they're cashing in their chips and they, they fucking flopped. It oh, folded. Might as well not play. That was devastating. Ant-Man's emblematic of all of this shit. The whole thing is them... It's it's a history of bad decisions. Even the fact that this movie is coming out now is emblematic of those decisions. The fact that so much of this movie was wasted with Adam Warlock screen time is emblematic of those bad decisions. It's just bad Marvel calls from like five years ago. Yeah. Um, I I think people are completely on board for more stuff like this. And if there was another movie that was on par with the original Black Panther, if there was another movie that came out that was on par with Civil War, with the first Iron Man, people would be back in a fucking heartbeat. No hesitation. I think it's just mm-hmm. that the product has not been very good. Also, shout out Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk. We did get her. And I mean, one she's of the best great. dads of all time. And Haley right. Seinfeld is Kate Bishop. The characters are good, but what they're being used in isn't necessarily always good. <sighs> The TV is a whole other thing, too. Uh, and honestly, since the Jonathan Major stuff, which I guess we still don't know, right? It sounds like he might no longer be associated with Marvel. But it really made me feel for the first time that this is like a real house of cards, man. We're not guaranteed anything. The, the first phases of Marvel felt so intentional. And yeah. this is just a shit show. And I don't know. I don't know much more we need to talk about that, but it is. I mean, what do you think about that? I, I want to talk to you more about like the Guardians as like a whole. Yeah. Right. And like the arc of these characters. And there's even a line in this movie that says to rocket, right? His 
his otter friend with the bio arms says to him, it's been your story this whole time. And as much as I'm sure Chris Pratt wants to be the leading guy in this end game happens, Rocket's the one sticking around. Rocket's the one we've seen the most and Rocket's the character that can just exist forever. It's a CGI raccoon and Bradley Cooper just needs to not lose his voice and we're golden. Can Forever. We, can we take a quick side quest to talk about Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper yes. is quietly the coolest fucking guy in Hollywood. <laughs> Minor spoiler for dork, D&D. But yeah. Dude, the fact that he was willing to... I If you have not seen the D&D movie, skip ahead 15 seconds. The fact that he cameoed in D&D, <laughs> incredible. Holy shit. And the way that he sold it, I mean, my God. What a what a lazy skip. <laughs> like speaking of Bradley Cooper, by the way, if you don't want if you haven't seen the D&D movie yet, skip ahead. <laughs> like what else could it be? <laughs> speaking of Bradley Cooper, <laughs> he disliked the D&D cameo. movie a lot and commented on it. That would be a, a fun, cool guy thing to do. I think he's a, I think he's a cool dude. I think he's an interesting guy. I think he's a nerd. You know, he was in that he was in that school with like Inside Actor Studio, right? He's he's like a weird yeah. theater guy who's like obsessed with the craft and then is cast as a bro or like a leading guy because he's super uh, good looking. And then the fact that he's doing the rocket thing, I think it's great. I think it's an easy paycheck for him and Vin Diesel. But man, it is great. I don't even think of Bradley Cooper when I'm listening to Rocket. No. It is its own thing. And it's amazing. It's so good. And Rocket has a very nice arc in this over the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Like the story of Rocket is incredible. And yeah. in Endgame, they're dealing with Rocket is trying to get his friends back. This movie, they're trying to get him back. He's talking about coping. I mean, he has this obsession with these like mechanical arms and things, and he's trying to steal eyes from people. And his friends, his best friends growing up were all <laughs> made with these like piecework parts. There's so many at the end of the movie, he's dancing. I do think the oh. dancing is another fun thread in this. Yeah, because Star Lord dances, nobody else dances. And then over time, they start to dance. Right. So Groot Groot dies, comes back as a baby. He's dancing now. Right. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm picturing that Groot is now growing up around Star Lord. And so he's more susceptible to this dancing thing. Right. Palm or uh, Mantis like is his actual sister and she's like the first one to like get into the dancing Gamora. He's like in got a relationship with her. Rocket starts to like really get into this music. And at the end of the movie, Drax is dancing. Nebula's dancing. I mean, this is a crazy arc for these guys where, you know, Star Lord really did have a profound impact on their lives in a way that like will forever change them. And even though they're going their separate ways, they're all they've all been improved by each other. And I think that's kind of the I don't know. It's, it's beautiful, great. man. What more do you want from a story like that? These characters are all so good. Yeah, they feel like a family. They feel like. I mean, they're I, I think the Guardians are my favorite sub team of the MCU. I think as a series of movies, I'm so happy whenever I watch any of the guardians of the galaxy stuff. And I was thinking about it and I don't think any of the pieces that they're involved in necessarily are perfect movies. I mean, infinity war and game pretty flawless, but like 
when I think about Guardians of the Galaxy 1, it's an extremely fun movie. It's not a perfect movie. There's a lot of scenes no. that are kind of wonky, but it's overall just such a fun ride. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 definitely has its flaws, but overall, I'm just so happy to be with that team again. And for any qualms I had with Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I still really relish the fact that we got to be on the spaceship with them. We got to see them interacting as a team. We just get to spend more time with these people. This was the seventh movie that they appeared in. So Guardians 1, Guardians 2, Infinity War, Endgame, um, Thor, Love and Thunder, Holiday Special, oh, yeah. and then Guardians 3. And I'm really sad that we won't see them again. This I'm happy that we got a finale, like actual closure on them as a team. But it is, it's bittersweet, man. They're like the bigger, they're like the, the saddest, well... I guess I was going to say they're the saddest loss to the MCU aside from from real people who've passed away. Yeah, it is their them as characters feels like one of the biggest losses in this thing. Like Iron Man story was kind of over. Captain America, again, a great time to end that. Mm-hmm. And Guardians feels like it's in its own world. It's in its own universe. And it feels like it could go on forever. And to what to your point about the first movie, I think one of my criticisms of the first movie or one of the things that I always thought about is that that movie takes place over what a week, a couple days. And we're supposed to buy into the fact that these guys are a family already. Right. And it's a little unbelievable. They just met and they're willing to do this stuff for each other. And it's cool to see that we're like, Oh, we're a family now. And over the stories that we're seeing them, they have gotten actually closer, right? They said they were a family in the first one and we're like, ah, whatever, kind of. And then the second movie, it's like, oh, they're making real sacrifices for each other, all this kind of stuff. It, it, we just keep seeing them like doing things for each other. And in this movie, you're right. They 100% feel like a family. They, I mean, they're, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They're all related to each other. It's great. I mean, I think it's, I think it's so great. I'm such a sucker for the ensemble, too. I love I, uh, it. The Nebula, bad guy, now a good guy. Gamora's on the outs now. It is kind of crazy that somehow on this journey, Nebula and Gamora just switched places. Yeah. Right? Gamora's on the outside. Nebula's in. And it feels natural. It feels like good to have Nebula there. It makes sense. It doesn't feel forced now in the way that it felt forced in the first one and maybe in the second one a little bit, I thought. I thought the second one handled the flip really well. I really enjoyed the scenes where they're just like the Looney Tunes scenes where they're trying to kill each other with comically huge guns. Yeah. Super, super, super fun. And I do want to, you mentioned this when we kind of moved away from it. You were talking about Rocket being great character. I don't think I ever gave Rocket credit really for being a great character or for being the heart of the Guardians. But really, truly, you feel his absence in this movie when he is on the the table. I don't have a better word for what he was on than table. It's basically yeah. a kitchen table. He's on a kitchen table. Um, it really sucks not having him there. You really feel his absence. And that leads me to a big question for you, Tim. Sure. Is this movie better if Rocket dies on the table? Did you think it was real for a minute when it happened? Um, and if so, what did you feel in that moment? See, I, I think that you somehow knew not, not, nobody was going to die. 
That's the impression I get from you watching the movie because you and then when it ended, I just feel like you weren't surprised by any of this. I genuinely didn't know what to think. I thought there was a chance they would die. I mean, I've said this before about Marvel is it, it doesn't make sense for them to kill anybody. Mm-hmm. It really it really doesn't because who knows if if uh, Chris Evans is willing to do a cameo 20 years from now. Don't you want to see that? Like, why are we closing the door on that? And I guess there's a world in which this is that's opened and there's ways around it. I mean, you can get Tony Stark back in this somehow if you really need to. But as far as killing somebody off, I mean, how fucked were they killing off Michael B. Jordan? I feel like, you know, if they if they don't do if they don't kill him in Black Panther, he can play a much bigger role going forward as one of the best actors, I think, in that franchise. So. Yeah, I guess to answer your question, I'm going to say that Rocket is the best part of Guardians. And so killing him, I don't think would help unless we're going full depression. We're going Rocket's dead. The Guardians are no more. More people are going to die. I think if Rocket dies, then everybody dies or everybody gets beat up. And I don't see how you have a happy ending at the end of this movie, if Rocket dies like that. There's absolutely getting, no happy ending after that. Especially getting fucked up by Adam Warlock, who we just met. And <laughs> who gives a shit, right? Like, I didn't I didn't think he was actually going to die. Honestly, once they went to the cutscene where he's seeing his friends and they're asking him to if they want to he wants to go with them. I'm like this. I love this. It's an amazing trope where you're seeing you know, people who've died before you and they tell you, hey, you're actually not done yet. I, I was I was tearing up in the theater. I loved it. I loved it. It you was executed up, well. You realize it's King's Cross Station. You look to your right. Yeah, Harry exactly. Potter's there with Dumbledore. There's a little gross baby Voldemort. It's in everything. I mean, I would love to do one. It's great. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I just, uh, we just want to shoot that sketch. Dude, it's just everybody I know when either of us gets close to death. I hope we have a near death experience where it's the other one in a white void with a podcasting setup. (laughs) Kevin, I would love to podcast about life with you, but it's not your time. It's like an all white room and then like a swivel chair just like slowly turns around towards him. The mic like waves. <laughs> you're like, wow, this is what heaven is. Podcasting for all eternity alone. <laughs> We're also, yeah, it's still over Zoom. It's still over Zoom and still not a lot of downloads. Right. Right. It's too much content. There's too much contact content in heaven. You know how many you know how many influencers have died? Too many. And also not enough. <laughs> man i i i love the guardians so much they're so great palm is amazing i love mantis same dude i didn't miss rocket during this movie we had so many flashbacks to him i it felt like he was around because we spent a lot of time with rocket and i was excited and impressed that the rest of the cast got a chance to shine without him. Honestly, I thought it was cool to see more of Mantis and Drax together because I think they have great chemistry. They have amazing chemistry together and their holiday special. So fun to see more of them. Awesome. Great. Always here for it. Honestly, seeing Quill and Gamora. I think they have great chemistry as well. And it was cool to see them again with like a new dynamic. 
I dug it. Nebula is great. Her being involved in that, rolling her eyes constantly. It's fun. I'm surprised how well they did without it. Um, for Groot. So do you I think Groot was like an old ass man at the, in the first Guardians movie, right? It seems like it. He was like an ancient wizened old tree <laughs> that had seen, I think, hundreds of years. I feel like he's so he was an ancient man. And I I'm bummed that it I don't know if it would have made sense, but I would have loved to see now him and Rocket actually get together. And oh, what this, yeah, because it feels like Rocket. I don't know. In the first movie, I think it's it always feels like Rocket's in charge and Groot's off eating flowers and kind of like a kid like Rocket's always taking care of Groot, even in the first one. And then ultimately Groot takes care of him and it's beautiful. And then Groot is raising this kid and this child. But to think of it now as as Groot being like 300 years old and just being friends with Rocket and just having a viewing him more Zen as mm. opposed to childlike is kind of charming to me. I think if he's if he just doesn't really care about what's going on, he's like eating flowers off his hand. It's not because he's an idiot. It's because he's I don't know. He's been around a long time. He's a tree. Like, what the fuck? Might as well eat the flowers. Like, what else is going on? I think that's <laughs> always how I've thought of him. It reminded yeah. me of in the movie Solo when Han Solo meets Chewbacca and he's like, how old are you? A hundred and ninety. I think that's it. I think that's totally it. And it's it was cool trip. to see. We actually saw his whole life cycle. You know, we saw him as a little kid and then like a teenager. And now he's now he's King Groot or whatever. He's wild. The fact that they destroyed his entire body and it grew back. Almost instantly was a ma- I, I, a massive power up. All of these guys yeah. felt got real massive power ups after being treated pretty much like a joke in the last couple movies. I thought Endgame, Infinity Wars. They're just not big players. They're not a big part of that. Rocket is a raccoon with a gun. He doesn't do anything. Nebula was manipulated into being a bad guy. Nebula was a liability more than an asset in Endgame. Yeah. And now they finally got a chance. Drax is kicking ass in a way that he didn't in Guardians 2. He was kind of a, a little bit of a joke at Guardians 2. And now he is like ripping doors open and kicking people through stuff and whipping them around. And the way Mantis fights is incredible. So cool. Her power is amazing. It's amazing. It's so fun. It's great. Dude, it reminds me of in My Hero Academia where they'll introduce a character and his power is like he can make paper airplanes. And you're like, how the hell is this guy going to be the number one hero of all time? And then they put him in a fight scene and you're like, oh, that's the greatest superpower I've ever seen. He shows up with stacks of paper. Yeah. And then it turns and then you're like, well, I got rid of all your paper. And then he's like, psych, my clothes are made of paper. Yeah. And it's just like his ass naked. And his clothes <laughs> turn into a giant airplane and just he's like flying around somebody. on it. The paper airplanes can drop paper missiles like they just know exactly the details to add. She was so fun in these fight scenes. She's so cool. And the telepathy. And her at the end with these giant like monsters that we, we saw in Guardians 2 was perfect. I thought it was a great ending. It showed her character and how powerful she is. She kicks ass. 
her with the dog Cosmo at the end oh. and telling him how strong he was. I teared up a little bit during that. And I also thought it was the coolest thing ever. I, the fact that she's mm. so powerful that she can amplify the strength of people around her. She can control people. She can manipulate people. She can get whatever she wants from them. It, she can make them happy. She can. It's such a multifaceted power that on the surface looks incredibly weak and useless. Yeah, it's incredible. They figured out how to make her like an Omega level mutant. Like they they really played that. I also want to shout yeah. out to Cosmo the dog. They had yes. exactly the right amount of Cosmo in this movie. <laughs> they didn't overplay the card. That's a James Gunn signature is to overplay the card. Didn't happen here. <laughs> it was delightful. Just the right amount of Cosmo. I agree. Voiced I by the way, don't know from if I... uh voiced by the girl that played Borat's daughter in Borat yes. 2. Yes. And I'm, I forget her name, but she is insanely talented and hopefully we get more of her. I wouldn't mind uh, more Cosmo in the future. I wasn't excited about hanging out with him or uh, Sean Gunn. What is it? Chain Gun? Oh, Sean Gunn. Yeah. Sean Gunn. I don't know if I needed more of that guy. <laughs> right. He was in the movie just enough. It was great to see them at the end. And that whole scene with them like docking the ship and whatever. Oh, my God. I can't believe we've gone this whole time and knocked out about the high, high evolutionary. Because talk about an asset. That actor. Amazing. James Gunn has his amazing. crew now. You know, his wife, that guy, you know, Palm. That's <laughs> they're just showing up at every James Gunn thing forever. And he was so good. The high evolutionary was amazing. And I think in a lot of ways, better than Kang. Better than the Kang we've seen so far. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He's phenomenal. It's another situation where I can't believe that they got rid of him. Because he just should have been around. They should have been able to go back to him in the future if they wanted to. Is he dead dead? Did we see it? What, what happened to him again? Did they just they just left him on the floor, right? Yeah, I think they left him on the floor. The line of his I really loved is that there is no God. So I stepped in. That's an incredible supervillain line. It's great. It's a great thesis. Big fan of it. I will say my I'll end this with a beef because why not? Let's 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 be beefy. Beef it up. The Star Lord fake death was such a waste of everybody's time. <laughs> and it felt it felt really weak after this being Rocket's story. It felt like, oh, now we have to remind you that this is actually like Chris Pratt's like really the guy, you know, like it's really Star Lord that we should be talking about. Right. He's really the leader. So after doing all this stuff with Rocket, we're going to have a close call with Star Lord. Just remind you how badass he is. It felt it felt forced and a little gross to me and uninteresting. I just didn't I didn't care for it. There's probably a way to do it. But again, we just they've just been reinforcing that this is Rocket's story. So. Why are we ending on a cliffhanger with Chris Pratt? Doesn't make any sense to me. I think the way to do it would have been to have him die seemingly in service of Rocket. Because that was what felt weird about it. Yeah. Is if it's something that's more reflective of Star-Lord and Rocket's relationship, that's great because that has been Rocky. Like the two of them have butted heads ever since they first met. And I could feel that as part of the emotional driver of Star-Lord not wanting Rocket to die is the idea that he's really taken this guy for granted the whole time. 
And that burns. So the idea that he would be grappling with the fact that he had taken this guy for granted for so long and then was willing to sacrifice himself to save him. I think it plays. Still weird, but I think it plays better that way. I think that would definitely play better. Instead, he's saving a music disc for Rocket. Yeah. He wants Rocket to have his playlist, which is fine. I don't think it's worth dying over. I don't. That said... Even if it would have been better for him to die, theoretically, I'm all the way in on this legendary Star-Lord Disney Plus show or whatever the hell it's going to be. I love that premise. The idea of him as a person who is a hero in space and nobody in Missouri gives a shit who he is. And he's just kind of like a burnout in his hometown again. I love that. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds bad. James Gunn won't be involved. Maybe it'll be great. There's a way that it's great. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't trust Disney Plus. I love all. it, man. As a, as a person who comes from a town where uh, I feel like. It's if somebody goes off somewhere else and does something impressive and they move back, people just like don't give a shit. It's like they like yeah. people from my hometown are not phased. It's like, yeah. All right. Cool, dude. Like. We're doing our own thing. So the idea yeah. of him trying to be like, you know, I uh, I, uh, I killed a bunch of aliens and saved the world and people being like, all right, neat. This is a Kroger. <laughs> I love it. I mean, a comic one time told me, don't leave the club because he's like, after your show, you crush. Everyone's like, let's hang out. But as soon as you leave the club, you're just another guy hanging out with these people. <laughs> and seeing him in a situation where he's just another guy is is could be funny. It could be great. I'm expecting nothing. Kevin, big question for you. Hit me. Is Guardians of the Galaxy 3 better or worse than Dungeons and Dragons? I think it is better than Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Mm, Yeah, I do. I think it is. Better or worse than John Wick? Four? Yes. I think it is... John Wick 4 was really long, but it's incredible. I think John Wick 4 was better than Guardians. Yeah, I stand by that. I think John Wick 4 is better. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I think it's great. Third on the list. I think that's perfectly fine. Kevin, any last thoughts? Ready to wrap it up? What did you think about this movie? Who do you agree with? Are you with Tim? This is the greatest MCU movie of all time. Are you with me? It was pretty good, but it could have used some revisions. Let us know, nerdy430 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to this show. We will be back here next week with Jury Duty, a show that is streaming for free right now on Amazon Prime Video through a service called Freebie. Check this show out. It is hysterical. You will burn through all eight episodes in a day. They're half hour each. It's it's phenomenal. You got to watch the show. Come back here next week. We'll talk about it. Till then. Stay nerdy, everybody. Bye. Stay nerdy. Bye.